Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Oh, command me, Lord. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us. All that once was good, and it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Hey everybody, John here. Uh, This is probably going to be episode number 258, I believe. Uh, We're going to spend some time talking about the Rise of Skywalker trailer that came out specifically kind of like the last minute, or some people have asked, can you do an entire episode on the last, or we need an entire episode on the last 10 seconds of that Rise of Skywalker trailer from D23. So because we had a little bit of trouble getting everybody together for our regular uh, 1989 movie schedule for this week, um, with school and life and work and babies on the way and and all that stuff um it just was was going to be tough to get everybody together this week so we kind of had to take a little bit of a break from the regularly scheduled podcast uh that being said i'm going to just do this on my own and just give you kind of a my take so far on what we've seen from rise of skywalker specifically from this last trailer and uh we'll hopefully that can uh, tide you all over until we get back to our regularly scheduled movies so um, I'm also, uh, I myself have had very little time to kind of sit down and record anything this last week. It's been a little crazy, and uh, I had to actually go into the city for work today, so I am recording this probably in bits and pieces around the city. Uh, I'm at the train station this morning, so uh, as I'm recording this, the audio quality may not be quite as good as it normally is. I'm doing this off my iPad and uh, don't have any other you know special microphones or anything else with me uh, other than just what I got on my earbuds, so um, apologize if the audio quality is not as good as we normally have it, but this is just what it's going to be today, so... Uh, Uh, that's what we're going to do. And I'm probably not going to do a whole lot of editing either, let's be honest. Uh, I'm just going to talk, and then we're going to put this out there. Let's jump on into the Rise of Skywalker stuff. So, this teaser that came out at D23, oh, man.
that was crazy. That was some crazy, crazy stuff. Um, I'm probably not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about... We, we've already talked about the other movies. We've done episodes when Force Awakens came out. Uh, we did it when Last Jedi came out. Uh, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time kind of going back to those movies. And uh, I know a lot of people are coming into this one with mixed emotions. Um, I think a lot of people were pretty split on The Last Jedi. I've got a, a sizable group of friends that did not like it at all. Uh, it's their least... In fact, not only did they not like it, they hated it. Um, I've also got a very sizable group of friends that absolutely loved it, and then a sizable group that just really could care less. So, as with anything. Um, I myself, I've, I've said this before, um, I I liked The Last Jedi. Um, you know, I did it have some faults? Sure, but so did every other Star Wars movie. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to go into you know massive detail on that. But going into Rise of Skywalker, I... I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for every Star Wars movie that has ever come out, and uh, I, I will be from here going forward. But um, this one in particular, knowing that this one is the end, this is what we've been building towards for this trilogy, um, and then knowing that it's also going to, J.J. Abrams is attempting to wrap up the, the nine-movie arc uh, of this Star Wars saga, of the Skywalker story. And then I got to go to Star Wars Celebration this year, and I was there, um, was able to see when they first released that trailer, and, uh, and I, I think I mentioned on the podcast before, but that moment when uh, Ian McDiarmid comes out and, and does his Roll It Again was just amazing. It was outstanding. People around me were screaming, just going absolutely nuts. Um, so that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to be a part of that, to be there for that. Uh, we watched that trailer in that hall, you know, maybe at least three times. They kept replaying it over and over and over again, and then for the rest of that day, it was being replayed everywhere. So um, I, I've been excited since the moment I saw the first trailer for this one. Now, I will say, over the course of the last few years, I have really tried to go into some of these Star Wars movies a little bit more spoiler-free. Not completely spoiler-free, but a little bit more spoiler-free than the prequels. For the prequel movies... I was on the Force.net forums all the time. I was looking up everything I could find. I listened to the music before the movie came out. I uh, read the books before the movie came out. I knew, or at least I thought I knew, every moment of those movies before they even came out. So um, I don't know if that ruined some of it for me. It didn't. Ruin, I, I enjoyed the prequels, so it didn't ruin the prequels for me, but there really weren't a whole lot of surprises. And I guess there really weren't going to be a whole lot of surprises in the prequels anyway, because we know what's going to happen to everybody in the prequels. So that being said, uh, I have tried to stay a little bit more spoiler free for these movies. Um, really haven't sought out much, uh, you know, but when it does come along, I, I don't hide from it necessarily. So, uh, I know Dennis, one of our co-hosts, he's really been trying not to watch trailers and that's been tough because I've been constantly texting him the Joker trailers when they come out. So, um, I don't know if that's me being, uh, kind to him by sending him something cool, or if he's just getting sick and tired of uh, me sending him trailers he's not going to watch. But so, so we had the D23 teaser that came out and gave us a little bit more of what's going on in this story. So uh, let's just go ahead and break down this trailer and uh, talk through some of it. And everything I say here is going to be speculation. Like I said, I don't feel like I've done a ton of following or research on this. Um, a little bit here and there, and I've got some of my own ideas and my own speculation for this, uh, or some spots that I've read on some different websites. Some of the spots, I, I can't recall where I read them because it's been a while ago, so I apologize if somebody's listening to this and they're like, hey, that's not your idea, that came from this website. It probably did. So I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not necessarily going to uh, claim that any of this is original to me. The, this is just kind of based on what I've read, what I've heard, 
conversations I've had with people and the trailers we've seen so far, this is kind of my take on the Rise of Skywalker trailer. So, uh, we start off with the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy montage. It was a very nice collection of scenes from the movies. Uh, obviously, these have been curated to kind of give us a, a taste of what's coming our way, to remind us of what it is that we're wrapping up here. You had a, kind of a slow version of Yoda's theme playing in the background, and then you have the voiceover from Luke that we got in the first trailer. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now, but this is your fight. And then you, the, the kind of the final... Uh, image that we get is from Force Awakens when Rey is uh, fighting Kylo with her lightsaber and she has her eyes closed and then she opens them and then we cut to a title card that says this Christmas and then this is where we start to get the new footage we hadn't seen before. Uh, this is the desert planet. This first one is the desert planet of Pasana. I believe that's what it's called. Home of the Aki Aki. So we're on another desert planet that's not Tatooine and it's not Jakku. Um, I, at some point, uh, I feel like somebody should just come out and say, nah, we're just kidding. Um, these are just different countries on Tatooine. We just named them Jakku and we named them Pasana. Um, but I, there's, I'm sure in the galaxy, there's a bunch of desert planets. So let's go to another one. Why not? Uh, we see Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewie, and 3PO in the image here with the Falcon kind of off in the background, off on the side of the picture. Some kind of festival or celebration is going on. You can kind of see puffs of smoke, colorful smoke going up in the air. You see some tents, uh, looks like some kites or some flying contraptions, um, so it clearly looks like some kind of a giant party or, or some kind of a, uh, a celebration of some kind. Then it cuts to a scene of General Leia, and it kind of rests on her for a moment. J.J. Abrams has been quoted as saying that Leia is the heart of this movie, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. As, as we probably know, if you've been following any of it, they have said that they are reusing footage of Leia, from, of Carrie Fisher, from uh, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi in order to finish off her part here in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Then we get a title card that says The Story of a Generation, and we see a shot of Resistance ships coming out of hyperspace. Uh, we see X-Wings, Y-Wings, B-Wings, A-Wings, the Blockade Runner, and one ship that I didn't necessarily recognize. I was going to go try to look it up, um, you know, didn't get a chance to. Part of it looked a little bit like uh, I feel like it looked a little bit like Dash Rendar's ship from the Shadows of the Empire stuff. I could be totally wrong. Some people are probably screaming at their phones right now uh, or their radios right now listening to this. And uh, I didn't get a chance to look it up. So I don't know what that other ship was. And, I, and my memory of Star Wars ships has kind of waned over the years as I've put more things into my brain. So uh, interesting to see that they are all... Not that we've seen a huge amount of brand new fighter ships uh, in these movies. It's been mostly X-Wings. Um... But uh, interesting to see that we're not seeing anything new here. We're seeing it's all rebellion-looking stuff. Uh, it's all from the old uh, rebellion era, um, so not a whole lot new from, from them. Of course, they've been on the run for a while, so it's not like you can you know be super innovative when you're on the run all the time. Uh, the next scene, so many Star Destroyers, so very many Star Destroyers all lined up in a row. Um, yeah, so this is a lot of Star Destroyers. <laughs> when this came on the screen, I was just like, oh, wow, that's, um, yeah, this is, this is going to be big. It's going to be big. Uh, and it's on some, some kind of a stormy planet, or at least there's some kind of a storm going on. Um, I have a thought about that that I'm going to bring up in just a little bit as I kind of talk a little bit more about some of my speculations here. One thing to point out, too, is as I noticed, because I, I kind of stopped at different points in the trailer and, and really kind of uh, tried to look at these frame by frame, these are Imperial Star Destroyers, too. They are not First Order. Uh, if you remember the difference between when we saw in um, 
Well, we saw in Last Jedi, but we also saw in The Force Awakens, the First Order Star Destroyers are a little bit more um, bulky. It feels like they have more kind of those tower structures on top, maybe looking a little bit more like a, a, a battleship um, or a... Uh, what am I thinking of? Well, like a battleship, you know, a regular Earth battleship or some kind of like a aircraft carrier type thing or, or something like that. So um, these, though, are the Imperial. These are the original Imperial Star Destroyers. That's what it looks like from the picture that we got from the original trilogy. Um, then we get a shot of Finn and Janna. I think I'm saying that right, in a ship cockpit. Uh, and they look very concerned. They're looking at something. Maybe they're looking at the so many Star Destroyers that uh, have shown up or maybe something else equally concerning. And then we get a title card that continues from where it says the story of a generation, now a title card that says comes to an end. And then we see evil 3PO with his red eyes. So this kind of reminded me of Triple Zero from the comic books. If you've read any of the Dr. Aphra comic books or the Darth Vader comic books that they have had over the last few years, uh, there was kind of an evil C-3PO, uh, evil protocol droid uh, called Triple Zero. And uh, that was, uh, he did very nasty things. And then uh, back in the old comics, in the Dark Horse comics, there was an assassin droid called C-3PX. And that one was kind of like a, a redesigned assassin droid version of a C-3PO who also had red eyes. So uh, could be something to do with that as well. C-3PX served Darth Maul before the first time he died, um, back during the Clone Wars era. So could have something to do with that as well. Uh, not sure at this point, but just speculating. They have said repeatedly that there's going to be, uh, you know, definitely some fan service in this movie, that there's going to be Easter eggs for all eras of the Star Wars saga. So that would be interesting to see. So, uh, you know, stories that have gone on, they've been featured in the prequel novelizations. It's been the Dark Horse comics, uh, if it's related to the Triple Zero droid that's in the Marvel Star Wars comics. So, I, you know, there's going to be all kinds of stuff in here from all the eras of Star Wars. I, I'm excited to see what they do with this. I'm also kind of curious. I don't know that we've heard yet, or at least I don't recall, what the runtime for this movie is. I would be very fine if this movie had Avengers Endgame type runtime. Um, you know, you're wrapping up a nine movie saga. So if you want to take a little bit of extra time and make this a little bit of a longer movie, I, and I think probably every Star Wars fan out there would be totally fine with that. Um, I think Endgame shows that you can do it and that people will come see the movie. If it's, you know, Endgame was the culmination of the Marvel movies. This feels like it's the culmination of the numbered, well, maybe all the Star Wars movies, but the, at least the numbered Star Wars movies. So I don't think it'd be a problem if you decide that you would, if J.J. Abrams wanted to make this a longer movie, closer to three hours, uh, clearly Endgame showed us that that's totally fine and people will still come see a movie that is that long. So I would be absolutely thrilled if that's what they decided to do with it. Okay, well, back to the different scenes. The next scene we get is you have some kind of a red super laser beam ravaging a planet's surface. It looks very rocky and snowy. Um, I believe, I haven't heard this pronounced out loud, um, but I believe that it's called Kijimi. I don't know if I've got that right. Um, this apparently is the planet where they have the Thieves' Quarter, and we've got some uh, newer kind of bounty hunter, scoundrelish characters showing up in the Thieves' Quarter. So it looks like uh, this may be that same planet. We saw, I think we saw a couple of scenes of this planet also in um, the original trailer that came out uh, several months ago. So that's what that one looks like. I don't know what kind of weapon this is. If it's some kind of a, a super laser again, if they're, I, I don't know, if it's some kind of a mini version of Starkiller Base or 
the empire seems to keep coming back to the same things. Like they, their scientists really need to start innovating. Uh, but who knows what that is. Then we cut to Ray deciding to clear cut a forest with her lightsaber. Uh, she's got a red ribbon on her hand. I don't know, you know, what that's there for, uh, part of her training or, or something. Um, but she's kind of, she's throwing her lightsaber, cutting down some trees and then bringing it back kind of boomerang style back to her hand using the force. I believe that they've said that this movie is meant to take place about a year or at least a year after the events of The Last Jedi. So what J.J. Abrams and a few other people have said is that Rey has had time to read the Jedi books that she had stowed away in the Falcon. And so clearly we're going to get to see some new Force abilities from her. She's probably much more confident in her abilities, much like Luke was in Return of the Jedi. We had a much more confident Luke Skywalker uh, as he walked into Jabba's palace at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. And I feel like we're going to get a little bit of that um, in this movie. The scenes that we've seen with Leia in this movie have all, at least I believe, they've all been on a jungle planet. Um, it looks like Rey is obviously cutting down these trees on a jungle planet. So I don't know if concurrently if she's been using these Jedi books, but also if Leia has been helping to train her a little bit. We don't know Leia's, we, we, we don't know where she is in the Force. Um, clearly she has the ability to use the Force. Uh, she's done so a few times in these movies. And she's pretty much the only other Jedi left alive. Now, I, I would imagine we're going to have Force Ghost Luke, or at least his voice. Uh, I think it's been said that he may show up as a Force Ghost. So we're going to have some of that. Uh, Yoda, we may see Yoda come back. We may see, uh, some people have said we'll see Obi-Wan. We'll see, um, possibly we'll see Anakin. So uh, maybe Qui-Gon, who knows? So I don't know. I don't know if Leia is helping to train Rey or if she's just there with her on this planet at some point. We saw in the first trailer that, that, that they hug at some point and they're on this jungle planet. So I don't know what her place is in this movie. They've, they've kind of kept that under wraps, only really saying that she's the heart of this movie. Then we cut to Kylo on a desolate planet. The ground is all kind of cracked and it looks a little bit like the planet of Crate, the one that had the, uh, the salt uh, surface, but it's a little more cracked and a little bit more dry and desert-like. It's kind of stormy in the background, so we get the sense that maybe this has something to do with the same storm that we saw those Star Destroyers in uh, one of the earlier scenes. He ignites his lightsaber, and he's striding purposefully towards something. We're not sure quite what it is yet, but that's what he's doing. Uh, then we cut to a scene with a duel with Rey. I think it's on the Death Star wreckage. It looks like that scene we saw in the first trailer where the Death Star is submerged in an ocean or a lake, and there's... Uh, pretty rough waves going on all over the place. And so that kind of looks like the area that they're having this duel in is it's a, a area of the wreckage that they're fighting on. Uh, now, something interesting that I heard about this uh, before we move on to the next place um, is that the, I believe it was, I, I don't remember where it was from. Uh, was it, I got my notes here right in front of me. Um, I think it was Making Star Wars had found from a source that the Rey and Kylo duel will have them, quote, force flash between locations from the saga. So what it sounds like is, is it sounds like we're going to get a, a duel that's kind of like a battle of the heroes that we got from uh, Revenge of the Sith. But as they're fighting, instead of them interacting with lava and, and whatnot on Mustafar, uh, from that one source, it sounds like what will happen is their connection to each other in the force and and the lineage of the Skywalker family, if Rey ends up being a Skywalker, who knows, um, that somehow that connection to the Force will cause them to flash between different places in the Star Wars saga. Maybe a little bit like Rey's Force 
flashback or flash forward or, or whatever it was, um, in the force awakens when she first touched the lightsaber and she was kind of almost seemed like she was transported to those different locations, either as part of a vision or whatever it might be. Um, so you kind of get the sense that from this source that what's going to be happening is as they fight, they may suddenly flash to different places that we've seen. And I think that'd be a really cool way to wrap up this story to say, Hey, look, we have, maybe they flash to for a moment, they're dueling on the catwalk, uh, in Empire Strikes Back in Cloud City. Maybe for a moment they're dueling on the second Death Star. Maybe they're on Mustafar for a second. Maybe they're on Geonosis. They're, you know, all the different locations that we've been to in this Star Wars saga, they have the opportunity to come back and reuse those as a way to show that these two and whatever their connection is, is a culmination of what's been happening and, and trying to bring balance to the Force and, and all that. So um, I think that will be really cool to see. I'm, I'm looking for, if that's true, I'm looking forward to it. If it's not true, I, I hope it is true. So that didn't make any sense, but that's what I'm going with. Okay, so they have the duel, and then as they're dueling, we get the voiceover from Palpatine, your journey nears its end. We don't know who he's talking to. We don't know if he's talking to Rey, we don't know if he's talking to Kylo, so we're not sure uh, who he's talking to there. And then, this is the part that I had, you know, several people tweeted and said, we need an episode just on the last like, 10 seconds of this trailer, because I think this was the most shocking part for everybody. We see Dark Rey's face. She's in a black jumpsuit, hood, looks very similar um, in some ways to the Darth Maul outfit, to kind of your typical Sith outfit, um, and she has a double-bladed, but but the blades are next to each other, uh, lightsaber ignited, so her face is kind of bathed in red, and then uh, cuts to a shot of Rey standing, and you get more of a full-body shot, and the dual-bladed lightsaber flips out uh, to make a Darth Maul-style uh, two-bladed lightsaber that's more of kind of a staff type thing. Um, and as that flipped out, all of the Star Wars fans flipped out as well. And I remember watching that for the first time and thinking, okay, now things are getting real. Uh, this is crazy. This is insane. I'm really going to be looking forward to this. I think speculation wise, I think this is probably a vision. Um, I don't necessarily know that this is actually something that happens to Ray in the movie. I don't know that I think she turns bad. Um, I'll talk in just a minute about some of my other thoughts on this. Cause I had a few other thoughts based on, all the Star Wars stuff that I've read over the course of my life, whether it's the comic books, the books, you know, even if those comics and books are not considered canon anymore, uh, there's a few things that, um, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, that kind of reminds me of some stuff. I'm looking your direction, Timothy Zahn, um, and, and the Dark Empire comics, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, where is she? Is she in the, she, a little bit the background of where she's standing kind of looks like the, that dark cave that she was in, uh, where she had the vision of the multiple copies of herself, uh, as she was kind of facing this almost cloudy wall and she was about to go touch it. And, and it, that whole weird scene in the last Jedi, uh, is she in that cave? Maybe kind of looks like it. Um, is this a force vision? Is she in the death star wreckage? Uh, don't know. So we don't know where this location is. We don't get a whole lot of clues from what's going on on the screen there. So that's kind of, and then it cuts to the uh, Rise of Skywalker title card, and, and that's where we are. So a couple of things real quick. Um, at the D-73 Star Wars Episode Nine panel, 
Uh, Ray and Kylo may have to team up to defeat the true evil, is what has been said by several people, uh, I think including J.J. Abrams. So clearly, and we, from all indications, Palpatine is going to be the true evil behind all of what's gone on in the Star Wars movies up to this point. I think that's pretty clear. You know, we've got his in the new poster they put out. It's his ghostly face that's in the background as the two of them are dueling. So it's clear that he's the puppet master. He's the one that's been doing everything. Uh, Snoke, I would imagine, has been a puppet of his this whole time. Um, you know, everything that's happened up to this point is is Palpatine. I think as much as this is the Skywalker story, um, what we may find out is it's more the Palpatine story. Because if, if it's true that, you know, there were uh, always kind of indications, or I think maybe in some of the comics, uh, it was either very heavily implied or revealed that Palpatine is responsible for the... Uh, lack of a better term, immaculate conception of Anakin Skywalker by manipulating the midichlorians. So maybe this nine-part trilogy is more, when we get done with it, it's not the Darth Vader story, it's not the Anakin Skywalker story. It may not even be the Skywalker story, it may be the Palpatine story. And everything has been his manipulations from, you know, early days on through uh, to when he became when he was Darth Sidious, to becoming the Emperor, to dying, to now whatever we're going to see in uh, Rise of Skywalker. So that'll be interesting to see. Let me jump directly to the Dark Ray part of it, because uh, that's where I had a bunch of different people respond to me, or other people that I've seen have been like, what the heck was that? Uh, you you got to tell me more about what's going on here. So basically, here's here's what I think is happening with Dark Ray, uh, and I've pulled a couple of ideas from uh, some spots on the internet that I found, uh, just things that I've read, things that I've heard, some of my own thoughts on this. So I found a couple of different websites that were trying to list their theories on what the Dark Ray uh, thing is here. So we'll go through a few of them here real quick. Is Dark Ray possessed by Palpatine? Does Ray at some point in this movie get possessed by Palpatine? Um, some people, I noticed this when I was, I took a screen capture of that image of Ray and I was going to put it into a, a program on my iPad and then uh, go through and kind of uh, sketch out my own copy of it. And as I'm looking at it closely, her face looks a little distorted. Now, I don't know if that was just the, the when I took the screen capture, if it was a little bit low resolution or if it just didn't, you know, capture happily, but there are bits of piece like around her mouth a little bit and one side of her face that's in the shadow looks a little bit distorted so i don't know if that's if that's just the picture i took or if it's actually something that happens in the movie um is she possessed by palpatine if you i'm giving away a whole bunch of spoilers here and 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 spoil whatever I, that i forgot to do the spoiler alert at the beginning but i kind of feel like if you're listening to this episode you kind of knew spoilers were coming your way uh if you've never read the dark empire comics i highly recommend the dark empire comics uh even if you're not a comic book reader if you want an amazing star wars story uh dark empire one is awesome dark empire two is also really good uh and then they finish it up with another one called empire's end so it was kind of a three-part deal uh, but dark empire the first dark empire Oh man, that is, that's one of the first comic book stories that I remember reading as a kid. And it blew my little mind at the time that I read it. Uh, I was probably in middle school uh, when I read it for the first time. And uh, basically the premise is, I think it's like six years, may not even be six years. I think it's about six years after Return of the Jedi. And the, uh, the spirit of Palpatine has come back. Uh, he's, he's been floating around or doing whatever, you know, biding his time for about six years and he's come back and basically, uh, he has, uh, 
made clones of himself. He has young clones of himself, and he is making these clones so that he can fill these clones with his uh, one at a time. I mean, he's not doing multiple clones at once, but uh, he's using these clones as a new body for himself so that he can inhabit a body. And then uh, it's kind of implied through that comic, I think, if I'm remembering it right, I haven't read it in, in years, that he has to keep cloning himself because uh, the dark side power that he has uh, corrupts physical matter faster. Like the more powerful he is in the dark side, the more uh, quickly physical matter gets corrupted. And so his clones age at an accelerated rate because of that. Um, in that story, now there's a couple things in that story that, that would tie in nicely with uh, Rise of Skywalker if that's the route that they're going. So in the Dark Empire comics, he makes these clones, he's trying to possess them, um, but the clones are not, I don't, I don't think the clones are working as well as he is hoping. Uh, he ultimately wants to possess an actual Jedi. And so in that story, uh, Princess Leia is pregnant with twins. Uh, she and Han Solo are married. They're, she's pregnant with twins. And he, at one point, finds out about that, and he really, really wants to somehow bring Leia over to the dark side so that he can possess her, uh, possess at least one of her twins. Um, or is this... I See, I'm probably remembering it wrong. This might be where the twins are already born, and this is her third child. See, now I'm forgetting it. Okay, either way, she's pregnant. And he wants the child so that he can inhabit the body of the child, whether it's the twins, whether it's the third, uh, it was Jason, Jaina were the twins. And then Anakin Solo was the, was the third child. I don't remember. I, I don't have that in front of me in my notes. I'm just doing this off of memory. Um, but either way, he wants a, a true naturally born Jedi baby or unborn baby to inhabit, uh, for his spirit to inhabit so that he can come back full power, not have to worry about these clones anymore and just do whatever it is he feels like doing. Um, so that's, that's basically dark empire. Luke actually ends up going over to the dark side in dark empire. He thinks that by going over to the dark side, uh, he, he kind of comes up with the idea that that's what his father was trying to do, that Darth Vader was trying to defeat the dark side from within and it didn't work out for him. Um, that's what Luke says he's going to do. You know, he's like, well, I, I haven't, we haven't defeated it from the outside. Let me, let me join the dark side. It's the only way that we can do this is for me to join the dark side and I'll defeat it from within. Leia is much stronger in the force. Uh, she has her own lightsaber in dark empire. So, um, you know, there's a few hints here and there of things that they could be using in this movie for rise of Skywalker. The other thing that made me think that this is a dark empire nod is the planet where we seem to have, uh, this storm going on where we have the, the lined up Imperial star destroyers. Uh, we have Kylo Ren on that planet with, we see the lightning in the background and the, the storm in dark empire. That was a force ability that Palpatine seemed to have was he could conjure up these dark side storms, uh, and just suck ships like entire capital ships, um, huge starship. He could just suck them into this storm and have them be destroyed. Um, and I don't recall if at one point there was a way for him to transport things through these storms or just to destroy things using these force storms, but he would cause these storms to then just kind of just come down on a planet and just ravage the planet and destroy anything that he so chose. Um, but that was a power that he had, uh, in, in, uh, the dark empire comics. So 
that would be interesting to see if that has anything to do with the storm that we see in this battle with all these Star Destroyers. Um, they're all lined up very symmetrically, too. That's another thing in the comics and in the books was uh, they always said, and I think this was the Timothy Zahn books, where they said that Palpatine, the reason that the Empire was was fought so well and why everything collapsed so suddenly when he died in Return of the Jedi was that he was using, um, I think with Luke, they always called it Jedi Battle Meditation. And it was the idea that you were using the force to coordinate your your different uh, resources in a battle. In the Timothy Zahn books, they that's one of the reasons that Grand Admiral Thrawn went to go get the Jedi Master Joris Saboth in those books, so that he could have a dark Jedi that would kind of work with him and be his method of battle meditation to to coordinate the forces and have them fight better and more and and more in sync with each other. Um, so that could be it. May just be that they're lined up in nice, neat little rows, um, but it could also be that that Palpatine is using his power to coordinate this battle and he's brought all of the resources of the Empire, the First Order, the, all of that to bear uh, in this battle at the end with a Force Storm and all this other stuff. So again, just speculation, I don't know. But um, that was uh, those were a couple things that I thought, well, they're, they seem to be, at least from what I'm seeing in these trailers, at least honoring the story of Dark Empire in a few ways. They're, they're paying homage to that in a couple of different ways. And that would be really cool. Again, I don't know if he possesses Rey. Um, I think that my, my second thing I have written down here, I think that it could be that it's just a vision, that Rey is having a vision just like she did when she touched the lightsaber. Um, you know, this could be a force vision, just like how Luke fought his, Vader Luke in Empire Strikes Back in the Dagobah. Uh, Dark Side Cave, Yoda in the Clone Wars cartoon fought evil Yoda in a vision. So each of our Jedi have at different times have had to fight kind of an evil version of themselves as part of a vision. So it could always be that kind of a situation where Rey is having this vision and she's she's seeing a possible future if she goes down the wrong path and she has to fight it. And, you know, that's that's kind of what that is. So could be. I think that's a pretty strong indication that it could be something like that. Um, it kind of has that vibe to it. Um, it could be that it's a clone. So uh, kind of going back to uh, the Dark Empire stuff, the Timothy Zahn books, the Heir to the Empire, uh, Dark Force Rising and Last Command. Um, you've even got Rise in one of those titles. So, uh, But the Last Command, you find out that the Empire, the remnants of the Empire, Grand Admiral Thrawn, have been using the, at the time they called them the Sparty cloning cylinders, and they've been using it, you find out, again, spoilers, but hey, spoilers all over the place this episode, uh, you find out that Joris Saboth is actually a clone of the original Jedi Master Joris Saboth, um, and that's why he's partly insane. Uh, then in the end of that book, Luke ends up fighting Luke, I don't know how you say that name, but it's Luke with two U's, um, and it's a clone, it's kind of like an evil clone of Luke Skywalker. And so that could be kind of paying a little bit of a tribute to that as well, the Timothy Zahn books, by having it be a clone of Rey. Uh, and maybe that kind of answers the question of Rey's parentage. If she's a clone, if she's one of several clones, then that could answer the question as to why we don't know who her parents are. Or her parents, if what was said in The Last Jedi is true, then her parents are nobody. Maybe that's very literally true. Maybe her parents are nobody. Um Maybe she was a clone that was rescued. Maybe, I don't know. So uh, that could, that's, that's a feasible way to take that too. 
Um, that could also give a different meaning to the multiple rays we saw in the dark cave dream sequence in The Last Jedi, when she's, you know, she snaps her finger and all the different rays snap their finger. And uh, that would kind of give that an interesting twist if she is a clone and there's multiple ray clones, uh, or Palpatine's been using that in some way to kind of reclone himself another chosen one, uh, would explain her, her natural innate force abilities too. Uh, and then it could be that Ray just goes Sith. Could be that she goes bad. Um, I think at the D D23 panel, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, who plays uh, Rose Tycho, said the end of this film will be groundbreaking in a good way. Um, and I, something else I found said that in the Star Wars annotated screenplays that, and I remember hearing about this too, that George Lucas originally was actually going to have Luke turn bad uh, in Return of the Jedi. He was going to destroy the Rebel fleet and Princess Leia was going to have to save everybody. That is actually what happens in the Dark Empire comic. Um, so if they're, if they're, again, paying tribute to some of these things of the past, you have the Dark Empire comic, you've got one of the original drafts of George Lucas's screenplay, you've got the Timothy Zahn books. Um, I feel like for, not that you want to pander to, um, you know, fans that were inappropriately hating towards uh, The Last Jedi. If, if you didn't like Last Jedi, I'm not saying that you can't like The Last Jedi. I'm saying people that took it to an extreme level, like personal attacks on the actors and things like that. Um, you know, I think that because it was in some ways such a departure from what fans were expecting, I think this could also be J.J. Abrams' way of saying, hey, I see you fans. I, I understand that there were some things that you didn't like about The Last Jedi. I'm not going to necessarily undo those, but here, I'm going to give you some stuff that I think you're going to think is kind of cool. Um, so I could see that happening as well. Um, again, again, I, I know I've said this in the past. I know people have strong feelings. Star Wars fans have strong feelings about The Last Jedi. Um, and I've said, I've, I've given my opinion before. I'm not saying you have to love that movie. I'm just saying for those people that took it to just such an extreme, inappropriate, hate-filled level, um, that's not appropriate for anybody. So that's, that's all I'm saying with that. The other thing that I think is kind of interesting too, is the idea of what's going to happen with this bond that has kind of been formed between, uh, Ray and Kylo Ren. We definitely saw that with Snoke, that Snoke was manipulating this bond. And we, I think that goes to this force flash dual thing as well. We saw at the one point when Kylo and Ray were uh, talking to each other through this kind of force bond that had been created between the two of them, that in one of the sequences, he comes away with uh, seawater on his glove and he notices that. So clearly it's not just a vision. Like they are in some way transported to that location and I feel like that's going to only be stronger. And, and that leads, that, that lends some credence to this rumor that when their final duel, they're going to force flash between these different locations and times. And I've heard a few things too, that time is going to be played with in this. And we don't typically have time travel in Star Wars movies, but it has been done in the Star Wars cartoons. It was done in Star Wars Rebels, um, to a degree, I guess you could say it was probably done in the Clone Wars too, with the, the Mortis trilogy, if you saw those episodes, um, I, whether those are visions, whether it was time travel, whatever. Um, so they've introduced the idea of time travel into Star Wars. So it's there. It could possibly be used. Uh, but this force bond, this actually goes back to, as, as far back as I understand it, it went back to the Knights of the Old Republic video game. And it was kind of a way, I believe in the game, if I remember right, it's been gosh, decades since I've played that game. Uh, but it was a way of sharing your, like sharing health or shields or abilities or something like that um, <clears throat> between characters in the game. I think sometimes it was called Jedi Kinship as well. 
But the idea was it was linking two Jedi together in some way. A lot of times in the books and comic books, it was a special bond between Master and Apprentice. Um, I think in the Clone Wars cartoon, if I remember right, Palpatine used the force bond that had been established between Yoda and uh, Count Dooku, because they were Master and Apprentice, that he used that to manipulate some things. Um, So... That, I think, is something that's going to be interesting that may come up in this movie. I think we'll see something related to that. Uh, obviously, that's a that's going to be a great way to kind of manipulate that relationship between Kylo Ren and Rey. Uh, yeah, Darth Sidious has, has done this force bond, or he's uh, manipulated it. Darth Maul uh, did it with Ezra, if you watch the Star Wars Rebels cartoon. Uh, Snoke has done it, but now I guess if Snoke is just a puppet of Palpatine, if he was maybe a, a clone that Palpatine used or a body, maybe he was a, a follower of Palpatine's that he allowed himself to be possessed or, or whatever, um, you know, he's done it as well, or Palpatine did it through him. So we've got a lot of different options here, but I think that's an interesting storytelling way to uh, really kind of ramp up what's going to be happening with the Kylo Ren Ray relationship and how Palpatine has maybe been pulling the strings all along. So, that is... Let me just glance at my myriad pieces of paper here. Uh, I think that's all the notes that I got. I, I tried to jot these down real quick, and uh, wanted to make sure I had an opportunity to, to sit down and try to record some thoughts on it, especially because people had been asking. Um, they're like, hey, can you do a, an episode just like on the last 10 seconds of that trailer? And, like, challenge accepted. Not even a challenge. Like, yes, I would love to. Um... So it just kind of came up, you know, we've had some difficulty getting the guys together and recording. So, uh, it just seemed to be a a good time for me to either, whether, whether I'm sitting in my car or sitting at the train station or whatever, uh, just take a moment and, uh, you know, just kind of throw some thoughts out there. I would love to hear what all of you think about this. Uh, typically we're the eighties podcast. We do the eighties movies, but a lot of us are also Star Wars fans. We're, we're fans of a lot of these other kind of genre movies, things like that. So, you know, sometimes we've done uh, episodes on the Justice League movie, the Batman versus Superman, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but we're Star Wars fans as well. So I would love to hear what kind of your speculation is, what you're thinking about Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I am super excited about this. I cannot wait until December 20th. I am going to watch this movie so many times in the theater, or at least that's the plan. Um, but I cannot wait for this movie. I am very excited. I'm excited that J.J. Abrams is going to be directing it. I was I was fine with Ryan Johnson directing the last one, um, but uh, definitely excited to see what J.J. will do with this now that I think he um, you know, has gotten the, the kind of fan service, uh, out of the way a little bit with the force awakens. Um, there's a lot of responsibility though, for this movie, you're tying up a nine part saga. Although I did see, uh, let me mention this one real quick. I did see from one website, they're like, what if they completely fake us out? What if they keep telling us this is the last movie? This is the last movie. This is the last movie. And then in the final moments of the movie, Ray goes full on Sith and boom credits. No. <laughs> if they decide to do that, that's totally fine. But I'm like, no, 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 uh-uh. Don't toy with my emotions like that. I think this is going to be the last part. I, I don't think, I, I think that's clever. I think, you know, you could totally do a fake out like that, but I think you would, ha- I think you'd have people going nuts. I think people love it. But at the same time, I think some people would be like, are you kidding me? Come on. This is, this is supposed to be it. Let's, you know, let's wrap this up uh, and get onto the other Star Wars stuff that looks amazing didn't even have time to talk about the Mandalorian. 
Um, just all the other stuff we're seeing. The fact that Obi... Okay, this is going to be the first time I think I've said this on the podcast since it's been announced. The Obi-Wan series that's on Disney+, Plus. that alone is going to have me subscribing to Disney+. Plus. Like, I have been wanting that movie for such a long time. An, an Obi-Wan movie with Ewan McGregor in it. Now that I know it's going to be a TV series, that's even better. Because lately... Everything with like the Marvel TV shows, everything else, it's just so much of a better way. It's, it's a, a more of a long form method of getting more character development. And I just, I love the fact that it's going to be a TV series. That to me is even better than a theatrically released movie. Like I am very excited about the Mandalorian, very excited about the Obi-Wan movie. Uh, saw there's a Cassian Andor, uh, Obi-Wan movie, Obi-Wan TV series. Saw there's a Cassian Andor one coming out. So I'm, I, this is a great time. That's always a good time to be a Star Wars fan, but this is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. As I said before, I'd love to hear what you're all thinking about this. If you want to tweet at us, we're at three zero podcast on the tweeters. Uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Uh, we're on all those different places. If you want to call in, we are an audio medium, so we'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to call in, uh, it's a voicemail line. It's not going to go through to any of our phones. You're not going to have to have any awkward conversations, uh, but it's eight, seven, two, three, five movie or eight, seven, two, three, five, six, six, eight, four, three. So if you want to give us a call, if you want to leave a voicemail and just kind of let us know what you're thinking about Rise of Skywalker, what you're excited for, um, what you thought when you saw this trailer, we would love to hear from you. So we would really love it if you give us a call or tweet at us or email or, or any of those things. Go to 30podcast.com. That'll give you the place where you can find all of our social medias, our email, our voicemail, all that good stuff. So until next time, be excellent to each other and may the force be with you.